Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter. Um, And we are almost finished with the Game of Thrones. And today's special guest is Aura. You guys probably already know her, but Aura, you want to let the people know who you are and where they can find you? Yes, my name is Ara, aka Ait Zebra. You can find me on YouTube at Ait Zebra, Twitter, Instagram, kind of anywhere. And you can also catch me Sundays with the Direwolf City Girls. And that's every Sunday at 8.30. And we also have a new project on the way, which is probably out by the time you're listening to it, which is Preposterous AF, where we go over unsolved unanswered unexplained and truly just crazy shit so yeah check that out it, it do be crazy <laughs> it do be preposterous <laughs> oh my god it's <laughs> insane but you'll enjoy it <laughs> yeah you will so today we are doing the last aria chapter of a game of thrones and we are in king's landing and the chapter starts out like this Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And on today's episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, I am doing Tyrion 8 of A Game of Thrones. And I am joined by Timmy Boy. Timmy Boy, would you like to introduce yourself? Let the people know who you are. Hi, I'm Timmy Boy on Discord. Uh, I like your Discord. And shout out to the book club. Uh, which I join almost every time. Um, I'm a huge a Song of Ice and Fire fan, and the Lannisters are my favorite POV chapters. Awesome. So since we're doing Tyrion, I'm sure you're, ha- you're happy to be doing Tyrion. <laughs> He's one of my favorites, yes. Yeah, I, everybody I think maybe, loves him. Maybe Jamie is better, but I like Tyrion. I love Tyrion. Tyrion, all of the POVs are good. All of the POVs are good. Tyrion, I really, yeah. I really love his stuff in A Clash of Kings, and I really love his stuff in this political ambitious. Yes, and and his wittiness. Yes, for sure. And like you mentioned, the book club. So I'm just gonna shout out the book club real quick. So there is a book club on my Discord server. So if you want to join my Discord server, there's a book club over there. They read different chapters of the books. I think, are you guys doing Fire and Blood as well? Uh, We did, but we finished it and we do only the mainstream books right now. And we're almost at the Red Wedding. So fun stuff happens. Yes, fun stuff so if you want to join the discord i will have the link in the description box so this chapter opens up and it says on a hill overlooking the king's road a long trestle table had been rough hewn pine 
a long trestle table of rough hoon pine had been erected beneath an elm tree and covered with a golden cloth. There, beside his pavilion, Lord Tywin took his evening meal with his chief knights and lords bannermen, his great crimson and gold standard waving overhead from a lofty pike. So Tyrion is going to join Tywin for dinner. And Tyrion kind of arrives late. Um, He's like Mm -hmm. saddle sore. He's kind of limping, like... You can really see uh, yes, how powerful and rich the Lannisters are. Yes. yes. How much gold do they even need on a table meeting? <laughs> right. They're at <laughs> war and they have gold tablecloths like just out in the middle of a field for just no fucking reason. <laughs> They're just... I mean, you even see it like when... Um, in like that very early chapter of a Game of Thrones, when Cersei arrives to King's Landing, I mean to Winterfell. Which, how many Winterfell. horses? How many horses did she have? I don't remember the exact number of horses, but the carriage that she was in was so big <laughs> it couldn't fit through the gates of Winterfell. It's just like uh, me, that, me and big. Quinn talked about it in that episode, and it was just like just ridiculous amounts of opulence just so ridiculous um but Tyrion goes in and like they're they're eating good like there's five yeah five suckling pigs I mean it it's he's like the smell made his mouth water and he's his he's gonna lose his appetite pretty soon because his father yeah, Tywin. Of course, Tywin is being a prick as always. <laughs> yes, especially to Tyrion, man. Tywin never just gives Tyrion a break, like ever. Never. Now he doesn't really like him. No. And we and we see this in this chapter. He wants to kill Tyrion, basically. Yeah, he 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 does want to kill him. He wants to rid himself of him. Um, like they they're talking about Tyrion. Um. One one thing that was interesting, um, there there was a statement about Tyrion says Jamie had always won his friends to him by just being brave and like being a commander, and Tyrion had always bought his friends with money. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is a pretty significant, and that's pretty accurate and on the nose when it comes to Tyrion. Also, there was this. You can. Yes, he can really trick some people with money. Yes, yes. He, he, like, that's how he has Braun, and that's how he has Shay, and that's how he has the, the, um, mountain clans. It's all money. Uh, and in Dance with Dragons, he got the, uh, second crow, second sons, yep. I believe. Yeah, you also bought him with money. Yeah, he he convinced um, Brown Ben with money. Yes, hey, Mia. Um, so this is another thing. Um, uh, it's, it's a little thing that was said in passing by Tywin. Um, and it was, if you are as late to battle as you are to table... The fighting will all be done by the time you arrive. Now, 
you might not see this as foreshadowing or you might like I think this could be some foreshadowing that by the time that Tyrion comes back to Westeros with Daenerys Aegon the battles that Aegon is going to be fighting will already be won Ooh, that's interesting like I feel like Cersei might be dealt with by then I might even think Cersei is back at Castle Rock when Daenerys arrives. Yep. But I thought it was maybe foreshadowing the Red Wedding. Could be. Because there was something like um, that Tyrion could bury the death um, because he arrived late. And I immediately think of Lord Walder Frey. Mm-hmm. And he just arrived at, at the latest moment of... The Battle of the Trident. Yes. And, and then in Storm, he buries all the deaf people. Yeah. And you know, another thing about Walter Frey, that since you mentioned him, Lord Tywin is going to find out that Walter Frey has chosen the side of Rob Stark. And Tywin was banking on Walter Frey not joining Rob Stark. I'm wondering why he knows. He for sure knows that Walder Frey isn't um, a good people to have, right? Yeah. I think he thinks that because his sister is married to Walder Frey's son, that like, that's, uh, yeah. that's going to make him, yeah. you know, maybe just not pick a side at all and just stay out of it like he did during Ares and of during Robert's Rebellion. Maybe. I mean, to be honest, that seemed like what he was going to do until Rob basically offered him the world. I think yes. Yeah. So, um, I think they they tell him, hold on. uh, They tell him the plan that Tyrion needs to go to uh, in the Vanguard. Yes. So he says, you know, Tyrion says that Tywin says that Tyrion is going to be in the vanguard and make sacrifice. Tyrion is like he he's not even really that pissed about it at first. I feel like he's more pissed about it when he's like, um, he doesn't command it. Yeah, he doesn't command it. Like, it was the fact that not only are you going to put me in the van, you're going to put me under Sir Gregor. I don't think... Yeah, that's not a really cool combination to have. But Tyrion, is he really a battle commander? Or could you expect Tyrion to be a battle commander? Like, Gregor is technically a knight, and Tyrion isn't. Yeah. If Tyrion was my son, he'd be in the back guarding the baggage train. <laughs> he would he would so, be in the so he would be yes. safe because I would want him to be safe because that's my son. But of course, Tyrion Lannister doesn't want that, and so does Kevin. Yep. Yep. Uh, God, I hate Kevin. I really think Kevin is more a Lannister Toady than myself. Yeah, Kevin, I will say not a Lannister Toady, but definitely a Tywin Toady for sure. I like Kevin in Feast 
when, oh, when after, he, after yeah. Tywin's dead and like he's like there's no fucking way I'm gonna let you I'm gonna be hand to Tommen and let you rule over this shit <laughs> like there's <laughs> a no she, fucking uh, with, way with, Sir, with him knowing uh, about the Cersei and Jamie sex yeah him knowing about it but I do think as Kevin is such a time and toady I might even think that he is uh, behind the Cersei walk of atonement to because he's really in the shadow of time. Mm, I don't for some reason I think that Kevin looks up to Tywin so much and loves Tywin so much that he would never want to shame him. Well, what would Tywin do in this situation with Cersei? If he was alive? Yes. If Tywin was alive, Cersei would have never taken a walk of atonement. They would have never, they would have never, if Tywin was alive, they would have never fucked with his daughter and Cersei would have never been able to do all that shit she did to find out where she is. Tywin only wants Jamie as the golden son and not Cersei. Because Tywin also uh, did a walk of atonement with his uh, with titles, Lannister's mistress, right? Right. But at the end of the day, Cersei's a Lannister. So whether, she, whether he, yeah, maybe. Like, like, he went to war for them taking Tyrion. Because, not because he loves Tyrion. But oh, because, because of the bad reputation. Yeah. So there's no way he's going to let them do that to Cersei. Whether he cares True. about her or not, just on his reputation his legacy is like the the main thing that he cares about um how people see him he really cares how people see him and how he's remembered and it's funny because after everything's said and done he might not be remembered at all well only his little deep and monkey son yep that might be the only thing that's left of tywin lannister so Tyrion is pissed off. He um, like spits out his food and he leaves. And we get to meet Shay. Uh, Our first the beginning of the end. Shay. Yes. So um, he get, goes to his tent and in his tent. Um, well, first he sees like the. The yeah. Awesome, right? hmm hmm Well, I was gonna say first he sees the stone crows. First he sees like the stone crows, and then he goes in and he sees Pod and Bron and Shay. And it's interesting to me because like so Tyrion sent Bron to go get Shay, and Bron like stole her. From a knight. Do you think that knight is gonna reappear in the in the winds of winter or anytime soon? If we if he does, like, would we know who he is? Maybe. I'm I mean, not sure, but I it would, could be a retiring. It could be. I doubt it. Where she's dead. I don't know. Like where Shay's dead. Uh, or is this just making people hate Tyrion even more? Yep. 
could be could be or it could be like some battle moment like what he fears in this chapter is like that this guy's gonna come kill him because a shay good but i i don't tend to think a guy's gonna kill you because of shay <laughs> and um uh, yeah so he tells Bron like i would prefer a whore that's reasonably young with as pretty as a face as you can find and Bron's kind of like mm, couldn't really find anybody so i just took her from a night <laughs> but like Tyrion meets shay he likes her like they have sex they do the nasty um and, and then like he whistles a song he whistles a song what song <laughs> do you think it is the seasons of mir because that's the song taisha sung to him mm-hmm. and that's i think really important to go on is that Tyrion uh thinks about shay as he thinks about uh taisha immediately he falls immediately in love yes yes and like he tells her like i don't know how long this is like i'm gonna keep you for like a week a, a year or whatever but like you'll i want more from you than what you've got between your legs i want that too but i want you to share my tent pour my wine laugh at my jokes um like rub my feet after each day like whether i keep you a day or a year for so long as we are together you will take no other men into your bed i think that's wild like to tell a whore <laughs> That's pretty like, wild. Basically, you don't want to pay for a whore. You want to pay for a girlfriend. Well, yes. Pretends I, I, to be a or girlfriend. Not, I don't want to say I don't want to say whore. I feel like that's derogatory. Uh, you yeah, you don't want to you you want a girlfriend, but you want to pay her to be your girlfriend. Like he wants girlfriend. Like he wants Shay to be like committed to him and to be faithful to him. That's a girlfriend. Like Yeah. Girlfriend. Do you know the 1981 movie uh, Pretty Woman? Yeah. I think this is a, maybe a reference to that. If um, I, I don't know the names, but Richard Gere plays a rich uh, businessman and Julia Roberts plays uh, Aurora. Mm-hmm. And eventually they fall in love. Uh, the rich man uh, buys Aurora to be his girlfriend for some time. But eventually they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyrion is also this same uh, rich businessman who buys a horse and pretends to be his girlfriend. But the difference is here, uh, Shay doesn't love him. But in the movie, um, the whore does. Yeah. And I think Tyrion kind of fools himself into thinking that Shay loves him. And like he tricks himself into it because he wants to be loved so bad. Yes. He listens to the things she says and not the things that she does. The pro- and it's even more worrisome. He thinks he's just, she's just a whore, but he can't stop thinking, loving her. Mm hmm. He can't. He can't. Um, so he goes to talk, like, she goes to sleep and she goes, he goes to talk to Bron. And that's where he finds out like that Bron had took her from a night. 
Um, and the man didn't really want to give her up, but I was like, hey, it's for Tyrion Lannister. And I also put my knife to his throat. And Tyrion's like, uh, yeah, well, I told you like to find me a, a whore, not to make me an enemy. And Tyrion's kind of worried, like, like, will this dude be beside me in battle? And we do know that later on, when Tyrion's enemies are beside him in battle, they tend to try to kill him. It's war. Uh, I believe one person does uh, want Tyrion to yield, but most of them don't want to kill them, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Bronn is like telling him of all the other girls and like how they have boils on their on their nose or like like they like they just aren't or are what you would call pretty or granny. Yeah, or they're not young. Um, so Tyrion is like like I mean Bronn is kind of like, you know, don't worry about who's gonna be beside you in war because I'm gonna be beside you in the battle. And that's all you need. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then um, Bronn asked Tyrion, like, who would even want to kill the likes of you? And Tyrion says, my lord father. Such a sad thing to think that your father wants to kill you. But sadly, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And Bronn kind of thinks, like, Bron kind of tries to make a joke out of it. Like, yeah, you're so small. Like, the archers won't be able to hit you. You'll you'll give them a fit. It's like, uh, it's not really funny. And I kind of feel bad. Like, I always feel bad for Tyrion for, like, the way Tywin and Cersei treat him. And Joffrey as well. Joffrey, yeah. But especially Tywin. I fucking hate that dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is. Let me see where I want to go. All right, one interesting bit I just found was that Tywin suggested that uh, he puts the mountain men in the vanguard because they lack discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what companies Tywin uses in the next book? No. The bloody mummers. Uh, because they lack discipline. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense because Tyrion takes all his with him to King's Landing. So hypocrite. Yeah, he is. Oh, and this is the chapter where Shay calls him her giant of Lannister. Oh yeah, I forgot about that giant of Lannister and I think it's like I feel like it's low-key foreshadowing that Tyrion is called a giant and that there's um Makoro tells Tyrion that he sees him in his flames a small man that casts a large large. shadow and Tyrion is called a large man by a lot of people yeah, I think John at one point Mace says, Amen. "Right, a giant among men," and John I think refers to him as a giant as well. Um, when they, when Tyrion tells him that that uh, wear your armor, wear, wear your, your armor on gold, and it's gonna be used 
Yeah. It's going to have a USB against you. Yes. Like yes. So like when Tyrion opens the door to go back in the hall, he was like Tyrion's shadow. Still a shadow yeah. Yes. Yes. So he's going to have like a very big effect on this story. I think that's what that means when they say like he's a giant and he casts such a large shadow because whatever he does in the upcoming books is going to, and, and what he's done so far has also had a big effect on the story, but yeah, whatever he's going to do in the future is also going to have a major effect on the story. It's interesting because I never thought about that this way. I could never understand what the meaning is of uh, Tyrion called the giant, but maybe it's uh, the Horn of Winter tells us about waking giants from stone, but Tyrion doesn't have grayscale or another thing related to stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Like they go to sleep and then the horn wakes them up like trumpets, like battle assembly. And they like still thought that like they had a little while, like they thought that Rob Stark was like still like a day away. Um, this is such a throwaway from Rose Bolton. It's what? It's such a throwaway from Rose Bolton. Mm-hmm. He had um, opportunity to go... Um, overnight and surprise attack them mm-hmm. but what does Bruce he just calls the drums I believe yeah yeah what's the point of a surprise attack if you wake up all the soldiers dumb yeah very dumb Bruce so- is Bruce was never loyal to um, never Rob. never and I think like when Rob sent Roos to command this army knowing that they were going to die. <laughs> I think Roos was kind of like, fuck him all the way. No, but the point was even, I believe Rob said, hold Tywin Lannister, not, or, or hold the Green Fork, not attack Tywin Lannister. True. So that's even against his orders. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It was pretty dumb. But, I think um, that's one of the most uh, dumbest mistakes Rob made to trust Roose Bolton. Yeah, I think he kind of just wanted Roose Bolton away from him. He wants because uh, he got um, he got the anxiety out of Roose. But if, you, if he knew about the uh, history about uh, House Bolton and House Stark, they should know Roos is not trustworthy. Yeah. I think Ned would have never put him in charge of anything. I don't think so. <laughs> no. But Rob, you know, Rob didn't... Rob, Rob did is the... 15. Yeah, and he did the best that he could, and he did pretty good. He did pretty good, but it's it's... When you got that young in your name, it seems like you die young. Yeah. Like young wolf young dragon uh young it, falcon yeah they think the fal- the young falcon is gonna die Harry yeah just Harry. dies immediately uh in that uh, upcoming um uh, battle the tourney you think yeah the tourney the tourney yeah i think so too i hope he kill- gets killed by lynn corbury Ooh, with lady forlorn that'll be so yes sick. 
<laughs> that would be I, so I, dope. I just, want, I just want Flaring Steel Sword um, medals. Same, same, big same. Um, so they like are hurrying up to get ready for war. Tyrion has like this like exquisite armor. Like it feels like that this armor that Tyrion has cost a lot of money. Really? Or it was just some leftovers from how from uh, other soldiers. Um let me see. Oh wait. It doesn't wait, 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 it doesn't wait, 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 fit. Wait. wait. I'm thinking of Tywin's armor. Oh yeah. Tywin's armor is ridiculous. Yeah, Tywin's armor is ridiculous. Because <laughs> I on my notes I have armor is opulent AF. So that's Tywin's armor, not Tyrion's armor. Yeah, Tyrion is like throwing together like some mix, mix match shit. Like uh, it's he describes it as um, oddments assembled from Lord Lefford's wagons. So he just has like some odds and in type of armor. Um, but Tywin's armor is like Damn. rubies and gold. Gold, three golden lions with rubies uh, to them. His cloak is what is made? What is cloak made of? Uh, uh, let me see. Um, let me see, let me see. Um, I cannot find it. Tywin Lannister's battle armor put his son Jamie's gilded suit to shame. His great cloak was sewn from countless layers of cloth of gold, so heavy that it barely stirred even when he charged, so large that its drape covered most of his stallion's hindquarters when he took the saddle. No ordinary clasp would suffice for such a weight, so the great cloak was held in place by a matched pair of miniature lionesses crouching on his shoulders as if poised to spring. Their mate, a male with a magnificent mane, reclined atop Lord Tywin's great helm, one paw raking the air as he roared. All three lions were wrought in gold with ruby eyes. His armor was heavy steel plate, enameled with dark crimson, greaves and gauntlets inlaid with ornate gold scrollwork. His rondels were golden sunburst, all his fastenings were gilded, and the red steel was burnished to such a high sheen that it shone like fire in the light of the rising sun. That motherfucker spent all House Castle Rock's gold all house lannisters gold on his fucking armor <laughs> yeah. that narcissistic prick <laughs> i really believe that people think that he shits gold i mean wouldn't you if you pulled up to battle and saw that cloak i mean yes it's that, a cloak is massive yeah it's just like it's just, like it i would say that his Lord Tywin's armor probably, if it was sold, could feed a whole kingdom for a year. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. At least the crown. At least the crown lands could already be yeah. <laughs> right. out of out of that. Yes, um, but Tyrion, like 
Tyrion's helmet has like a spike on it. And that's going to oh, come. You, that's going to come handy. Uniform. <laughs> I really, uh, it's interesting because House Brax is also mentioned in this uh, chapter and this as a unicorn, as a sigil. Oh, you think that was like some little light foreshadowing <laughs> for, how Tyr- for how Tyrion's going to pop off? <laughs> Okay, so it says like, um, so he talks about remembering Rob Stark, how he had last seen him and like, they're getting ready for war. So he's saying that the Northerners would be exhausted after their long sleepless march. Tyrion wondered what the boy had been thinking. Did he think to take them unaware while they slept? Small chance of that. Whatever else might be said of him, Tywin Lannister was no man's fool. The van was massing on the left. He saw the standard first, three black dogs on a yellow field. Sir Gregor sat beneath it, mounted on the biggest horse Tyrion had ever seen. Bronn took one look at him and grinned. Always follow a big man into battle. Tyrion threw him a hard look. And why is that? They make such splendid targets. That one, he'll draw the eyes of every bowman on the field. So... Bron, <laughs> right. Bronn's strategy is to just like stay behind Sir Gregor. So like Sir Gregor can just like take all the the arrows <laughs> for him. He, he doesn't feel them. Yeah. He drinks a lot of milk of a puppy just because. Sir Gregor is a madman. He is. Like he's one of the most vicious characters in the books. Tywin's mad dog. Tywin's mad dog. He earns his keep. Because he's crazy. Um, so they... Ooh, um, so Tyrion is like kind of just thinking about what's going to happen. And then he says, look. And he pointed with his axe. The river. A blanket of pale mist still clung to the surface of the water, the murky green current swirling past underneath. The shallows were muddy and choked with reeds. The river is ours. Whatever happens, keep close to the water. Never lose sight of it. Let no enemy come between us and our river. If they dirty our waters, hack off their cocks and feed them to the fishes. <laughs> so that's that's what he basically fucking tells Shaga. <laughs> if that motivates people, why not? Yeah, like he's basically like he's trying to give them like battle commands. I think that he thinks that they'll understand. Yeah, we've this are brute man, this uh mountain men. If they don't even know about moral principles which is impossible if you actually think about it because they live all their life in their in the mountains and they have maybe a week to learn basic principles mm-hmm. and that's impossible so maybe in that indeed uh, just easy language to say kill them yeah <laughs> very easy language kill them don't let them cross this river Cut, cut their dicks off if they try <laughs> and so um Tyrion is like you know just taking in the measure of everything and I find it interesting that Bronn never really cares about anything he's never like disturbed by anything like he doesn't care that they're about to go to war T- Bronn's just like you know they're a crow food like 
let's, let's, Whatever. let's get this over pretty quick. Like, Bron is such a hedge is about a hedge knight, I believe. Yes, yes. I am so interested to see what's going to happen with Braun and Winds of Winter because oh. <laughs> the whole thing with Cersei and him naming his bastard kid Tyrion and shit. Oh, no, man. That was just hilarious. Yes. I cannot wait to see how that story goes. I mean, he is the head of House Stokeworth. Yes, Stokeworth. Mm-hmm. Yes, Stokeworth. And Stokeworth is one of the Population, uh, one of the houses that supplies King's Landing with food. Yes, yes. And the Tyrells are pissed. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting how the this whole situation is going. And it kind of feels like it kind of feels like the Tyrells are to me. It feels like the Tyrells might go over to Aegon. I believe so. Yes. Mace is not a fool, and he just switched sides with uh, Fagon. Yeah, and they were really like they were Targaryen loyalists for sure. Yeah, for sure. He Mace waited maybe a year with a siege of Riverrun, and then waited was the siege of uh, Storm's End. Storm's End, yeah. Like that's how like Davos and Stannis became friends because Davos kept them alive before Ned Stark came and lifted that siege with his onions. Um, uh, the onion knight the onion knight yeah so uh, Tyrion sees like um the standard bearers for the northern army so he sees the hornwoods the car sarks um the house Sirwins, um the glovers and the twin towers of Frey. Uh, and then he says, so much for his father's certainty that Lord Walder would not bestir himself. And then he sees the white house, the white of how Stark was seen everywhere. The gray direwolves seeming to run and leap as the banner swirled and streamed from the high staffs. Where is the boy? Tyrion wondered. And this is our first depiction of like actual battle so far in the yes. first book. So like reading it again like these aren't my favorite uh parts it's like the battles i like more of the scheming and the plotting and me too uh, but i love this as well oh i i love all of it it's just like it's not my favorite (laughs) oh no no my my favorite bits are just maybe the political stuff or everything magical magical yeah those are mine too uh, I don't really care for war. Like the we- red wedding, like butchery, like really soured my stomach. But, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like Tyrion is fighting and um, he's kind of like trying to give out commands to the uh, mountain clans. He's trying his best to do whatever but he they, can do. But it ain't thus listen. Yeah, and you know, the way that it's described, it seems so fucking chaotic. It seems chaotic, like old war back in medieval times, like, seems like it was tiresome. one for all. Yeah. And bloody. Like, I remember reading about the Battle of Agincourt, and I was just like, oh my god. Like, how did people really fight like this? How did this really go? Because, like, I don't know, like, 
if you've ever been in a fight before. Like when I was in school, I've been in a fight. Those fights usually only last two or three minutes. These people are fighting for hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> bizarre. It's like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, maybe if you train a lot, uh, it could be possible, but it's still. Yeah. Like, still, but you also have the psychology uh, that you basically kill people. Yeah, sure. And uh, with the whole um, Septim Marbolt speech. I love that speech, by the way. Tyrion sees um, Timmet. <clears throat> like jump from his horse because his horse died and he sees like a moon brother killed by a car stark and Gregor jumps off his horse but who cares for his horse Gregor, <laughs> Gregor sure doesn't <laughs> I mean this man is such a brute he can wield a, a great sword with one hand yeah I mean could that you imagine is, wielding ice with one hand? Damn, that would probably, that would probably crack his style. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ice is so long, Nat can't even use that in battle. Nope, it's just a ceremonial sword. Which uh, kind of seems like a waste, right? Maybe, but the ice Nat had is just 400 years, years old, so... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe one was larger or smaller back in the days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, so Tyrion is like fighting people. Uh, he's kind of wondering like where Braun is. Uh, he he's <laughs> like he's like the, like some dude is like die dwarf die die tell Tyrion to die and then like Tyrion's like no you die no <laughs> <laughs> and then like people are coming and like they're screaming like eddard or for winterfell for eddard and winterfell like there's just like a lot of shit going like it's a chaotic chapter yes it's interesting and the arrows Terry mentions that uh arrows were passing them but he couldn't tell from which side mm. And I think it is Bruce Bolton firing those arrows on his own, man. Oh, really? Do you know the Battle of the Bastards? I hate going to the show, but... Yeah. Uh, Ramsey fires arrows on his own troops there. And I think Bruce does this the same in this battle, just because it aren't his man. It's just the Carl Stark man, um, Frey man or Kerwin man, it's not it's not Bolton man. So he can do whatever he wants. He can throw arrows on their side because who cares? Yeah, he's a sick and sadistic piece Fun of shit. Buyer. So it's like not far fetched to believe that he's doing that. No, I actually think it's just true because why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just a fucking creepy old dude vampire yeah that's true the vampire <laughs> <laughs> so um Tyrion is like um Tyrion is like gets 
this guy's like Tyrion or the imp you're mine do you yield and Tyrion's like not trying to yield <laughs> he's the knight is like yield or die and then Tyrion like puts that spike into the guy's horse's belly damn that That's... spike on his helm Unicorn he's always helm. thinking of some uh some cr- like creative way to kill someone like out of complete necessity it's always always uh, what's what's he called that soup or uh, uh sign with simon singer yeah. soup yeah he's he's um, he's something he's he's i can't with him i can't with Tyrion, and like in the veil when he kills the guy with the shield <laughs> just stepping with his shield <laughs> yes yeah you gotta get it how you get it um so like he sees so while they're fighting like um tywin sends the rest of his army like his reserves to the left and basically wants to push them in the river yeah yeah and that's the whole reason why he puts Tyrion in the left guard because he can push uh, Tyrion in the river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Tyrion is a little fearsome lion, and he doesn't die. Sorry, Tywin. Yes, so, like, thank goodness. Timmit like is like looting bodies and shit, like stealing shit that stealing off the dead ears. <laughs> Ears, or was yeah. it the stone man? Um, sh- I think Shaga. The Shaga has an arrow inside him. Yeah, and didn't they take ears? Chella. Chella. Yeah, Chella. Yeah, Chella took ears. Um, it says Timmet discovered they discovered looting the bodies of the slain with his burned men. Of the three hundred clansmen who had ridden to battle behind Tyrion Lannister, half had survived. So 150 clansmen died. Which is, I think, reasonable if you don't have tr- any training or whatsoever. Right. And all you're commanded to do is just, like, hold the river. And you have a basically weak left side. Mm-hmm. So they, they ride up, and um, a fine victory, Sir Kevin said when he saw Tyrion. Um, well... They, they don't ride up like they're sitting by the river sipping wine and shit like of course why not like the Lannisters you know they just they just they just are who they are <laughs> and it, well, Sir they, Kevin just says, basically gold diggers yeah well gold I don't know if they're are they gold diggers like they had the gold they oh, had right, well yeah. they had it they had it now they're just like faking it until they make it <laughs> <laughs> so um sir kevin says a fine victory your wild men fought well his father's eyes were on him pale green flecked with gold so cool they gave Tyrion a chill did that surprise you father he asked did it upset your plans were we supposed to be butchered we were supposed to be butchered, were we not? <sighs> and then um, he says, I put the least disciplined men on the left. Yes, I anticipated that they would break. 
Rob Stark is a green boy, more like to be brave than wise. I'd hope that if he saw our left collapse, he might plunge into the gap, eager for a route. Once he was fully committed, Sir Kevin's pikes would wheel and take him in the flank, driving him into the river while I brought up the reserve. So that was his plan, like you said, to kill Tyrion, to get him into the river. Yes, but I also think Tyrion shouldn't react with this such of a sarcastic way with his father. Mm -hmm. I think that even creates more chaos between those two. Right. It does, but at the same time, like, if this was Tywin's plan... Tywin should have told Tyrion, like he should. You're gonna involve him. Tell him. And it kind of seems like if he wants to murder your own son, do you tell him I'm murder? I'm going to murder you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If he if he doesn't want that, then sure he should have told. But I think it's reasonable to not tell if he wants to kill Tyrion. But why would you want to kill your own son? Because he's an asshole. I bet he's glad his plans. Once he gets news of Jamie, I'm sure he's glad his plans didn't come. True. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he basically is like, you know, you appear to be wounded. Like Rob Stark apparently isn't so, uh, is more cautious than I thought he would be. Um, So they hear an urgent shout and it's Lord Tywin. And um, he turn- Tywin turns around, rises to his feet, um, and it's Sir Adam Marbrand. And Sir Adam, like, gets down, and he's like, my liege, we have taken some of their commanders, Lord Serwin, Sir Willis Manderley, Harry and Karstark, four phrase, Lord Hornwood is dead, and I fear Roose Bolton has escaped us. And the boy, Lord Tywin, asked, Sir Adam hesitated. The Stark boy was not with them, my lord. They say he crossed at the twins with a great part of his, ho- with a great part of his host riding hard for River Run. A green boy, Tyrion remembered, more like to be brave than wise. He would have laughed if he hadn't hurt so much. So it's Tywin, victory. it's a sweet victory, but not really. Not really. You fell for the trick. Yeah. He fell for the trick. He fell for the trick, and Tyrion loves it. Tyrion is like, I won't say he loves it, but I think he's glad that you can prove Tywin wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think Tywin is that that one character whose ego always gets in the way of him being great. (laughs) True. But no, yeah. not his ego, but his uh, legacy. His legacy, for sure. But yes, so that is Tyrion 8. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add? Of course. Um, it's just the last paragraph with uh, the commanders, Lord Kerwin, Sir, Mendes, Sir Willis Manderley, Harry and Karnstark, and Lord Hornwood. Mm-hmm. Right? Lord Hornwood is dead. Mm-hmm. What does happen to Lady Hornwood in book two? She is forced to marry Ramsay Bolton. Yes, and I think this is his Bruce killing Lord Bolt, uh, Lord Hornwood, just to get uh, uh, Ramsay 
is lands, uh, those Hornwood lands. Mm. That's, that's what they discuss. That's what they discuss in one of Brand's chapters, right? Who should get uh, Lord Hornwood's um, land? Right, and Wyman Manderley is like kind of wanting to protect Danella. Or her name's Danella, I think. Yeah, Danella Hornwood. Yeah, Wyman Manderley is kind of wanting to protect her. Like, I think that's his cousin or something. Uh, She's some relation yeah. to him. Yeah, I know. I don't know which one. But, and, <laughs> yeah. But her but, death, the or, or what happens to her is, I feel like, is also something that comes. So the Grand Northern Conspiracy with, um, you know, about the Red Wedding, like, when it comes to them not liking the Boltons, it's not just about the Red Wedding. They also hate what Ramsay did to Lady Danella. Of she course. ate her and, own fingers. Or I may maybe or just uh, skinned, because that's what the way Ramsay likes it, right? Mm-hmm. They're flying. The flying but yeah. it's also with Ramsay is uh, uh, what's what's her name. The one uh, with Brandon. Uh, uh, lady. La- yeah. Lady. Not Rise. <laughs> I was about to say Risewell, not Risewell. Why can't yeah, I think of lady that? The Barrowlands. The Barrowlands lady. Um, Dustin. Lady Dustin. Dustin. Lady Dustin. Uh, she has uh, Lord, uh, Lord Bruce Bolton's son, right? And that is suspicious, suspiciously killed by Ramsey Bolton. So that's also a reason to hate the Boltons even more. Yep. 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 And the Boltons are really close to, uh, the Dreadford is really close to House uh, Hornwood. So that's, the Boltons want to get uh, their that house, the house lands because just, it's uh, really near them. Yeah. So I, it's, I, yeah, it's neighbors. I definitely agree with you that I definitely agree with you that um, Bruce Bolton was plotting from the beginning and he likely he likely as soon as he was somewhere wrote Ramsey and was like Lord Hornwood's dead. Yeah. Go, ma- go, go, go get Lady Danella. <laughs> That's not what I think. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Harry and Carstark. That's the heir of uh, House Carstark, I believe. Yep. Yep. And so Sir if Willis. You killed, and Sir Willis Manderley. That's also the... No, Sir Willis is the youngest. Is not? he? I'm not are sure. they twins? No. I'm pretty sure they are not twins. Wendell dies at the Red Wedding, right? Yeah, Wendell dies at the Red Wedding. Uh, Willis is the one kept at Heron Hall. And like fed human flesh by Vargo Holt. Or actually f- fed Vargo Holt. Doesn't he eat Vargo Holt? Vargo Holt eats himself. <laughs> George R.R. <laughs> Martin is disgusting. I can make <laughs> you up I with believe, his nasty. I believe uh, he was forced 
Cast the Mountain Man of the Mountain Man's. I believe Cast is a dick off and chopped it in his own mouth. Yeah. <sighs> Joy. That is not lovely. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will wrap that up here. <laughs> we'll wrap this chapter up right here. I want to thank you for coming on and doing yeah, thank you. eight with me. Um, you guys listening, make sure you check out the book club. If you want to be on an episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, just contact at Nim Shadow on Instagram or Twitter. And as always, you guys have a good day. Bye.